0: Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Good morning! Surprise! How are y'all doing this morning? Everybody good? Everybody alive? Come on! Tell me that wasn't some incredible worship this morning. Come on! thought the roof was going to come off. You know what I'm saying? That's how I was feeling. I don't know about you guys. I'm, I'm a worshiper at heart. So there, there are some Sundays I just feel like the Holy Spirit is moving so strongly in the midst of your voices, in the midst of our band. I feel like Stephen, He's sometime he's going to hit the roof up there, you know. And so I love those moments. So my name is Scott Sullivan. Uh, if you're brand new here today, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here and uh, you need to make sure and come back because I'm not the senior pastor. And Tim, who's the senior pastor and is a much better preacher than I am, uh, he will be back in two weeks, but he'll be back here next Sunday, actually, so you can meet him next Sunday. So make sure you come back and we're so glad that you're here. And guys, I am I'm truly excited about getting an opportunity to preach this morning because You know, some messages that you write, you feel like you're, you know, God's kind of giving you a word and you're writing them and you're writing them for the church. And then there are some messages you write that it hits you and it moves you. And so these past couple weeks have been just almost an awakening in my own soul while writing it. And so I hope today that maybe it does something in your guys' soul as well. So, this morning, we're gonna talk about expectations. Expectations. We all have them, okay? We have them of our family, of our spouses, of our children. We have them of our friends. We have expectations of our careers. If you're in school, you have expectations of school. We have expectations of the movies we watch and the books we read. Sometimes they meet our expectations. And sometimes they do not. There's even an expectation that you all had when you pulled up to church today. You had an expectation that you would find a parking spot conveniently located right across the street. You had an expectation that Mike is going to be there to push the button for you and protect you as you walk across the street. You have that expectation. I know. Come on, Mike. You have an expectation of maybe seeing a friendly face. Seeing a greeter give you a wave and a smile. You have an expectation of worship that maybe you're gonna feel the beat of that bass drum in your heart in this room. That Stephen is gonna lift us up into the heavens in worship with his voice. You have an expectation of whoever's preaching that week, whether it's Tim, whether it's me. You wanna hear from God. I hope your expectation, even coming this morning, is that you're gonna meet with God. What I do know is that expectations are real. Sometimes expectations can be a very positive thing. They can push you to become better, to reach higher, to see things in a different way that you otherwise might not have seen. Now, for those of you that know me, you know that I'm a huge sports fan. And I grew up in Colorado, so I grew up in a Broncos house. Okay? Come on, Colby. And... When the Broncos traded for the GOAT, not Tom Brady, as Tim might have you believe, but no Peyton Manning. Oh yeah, when when the Broncos traded for Peyton Manning, I could feel the expectation of every Bronco fan raise up. And it's one of the amazing things about Peyton Manning as a player is that as soon as he steps into a room, the atmosphere changes, the expectation changes. I'd love to hear the, the players at that time talk about you know, how that expectation went from here to there when they traded for Peyton. You know, when he stepped into the receiver room, it wasn't, you know, when you run your out route, don't, you can go six, seven, no, 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 no. You run this route exactly like this. That's where the ball's gonna be and I expect that every time of you. When he talked to his offensive line, it was, listen, this is a 36-year-old body. I expect that you're gonna protect me long enough that I can get that ball to our wide receivers. There was an expectation that rose. And because of that expectation, the Broncos ended up winning a Super Bowl. And in all reality, that was actually statistically Peyton's worst year. He really didn't have a good year. But because he rose, the expectation For the whole team, they won the Super Bowl. So expectations can be a really good thing, okay? Now, expectations can also be dangerous. You know, if you have a a parent that puts unachievable expectations upon their child, slowly that is going to drive their child away. In marriage counseling, one of the things that I have heard the most, probably number one, is... Having to deal with unspoken expectations, which turn into unmet expectations, which turn into a divide in the marriage. So expectations can be good. Expectations can be bad. Expectations are all around us. And there's not a day that goes by that they don't play a part of our lives. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the expectations of your faith. You see, God has an expectation of his children, doesn't he? Be holy as I am holy. Remember those words? He has given us through his word examples of a certain way to live, a certain way to love that comes at the expectation of the father. Love one another. It's pretty clear what his expectations are. And then there is an expectation of our own our expectation of God let me say that again our expectation of God it it almost sounds when I wrote it a little it feels a little wrong to say it like you're, you're kind of looking for lightning bolts you know to hit our expectation of our Heavenly Father and I wonder this morning if you've ever thought about that before What's your expectation of God? What's your expectation of your relationship with him, of your prayer life, of grace? What's your expectation of his power in your life? What's your expectation of the Holy Spirit's work in your life? Over the course of the last month, we've been in a series called Heal Our Land. And this morning, I want to focus in on our faith on your faith and my belief is if we get this part right then really it changes everything so I want you to turn in your bibles turn in your phones whatever you've got this morning it's still the bible even though it's in the phone but we're going to go to our bibles and we're going to turn to Eph- Ephesians 1 this morning and I'm going to start in verse 15 so if you want to find that I'll give you just a second This is the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and he says this. He says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of his people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Here's the part I want you to hear. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people and his incomparably great power. Oh, hold on just a sec, guys. I apologize. (laughs) I lost it. Okay. Technical difficulties. One moment. There it is. Okay, here we go. We're back to it. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that can be invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. You see, Paul has an expectation of who God is. He has a belief in who God is. And he says in this passage that he's asking that God would reveal that to the Ephesians. That God would reveal it to us that he would open our eyes to who he is. You see, what you think about who God is is extremely important to the kind of experience that you're going to have in your relationship with him. Let me say that one more time. What you think about who God really is is extremely important to the kind of experience that you're going to have in your relationship with him. You see, there's a large scope of Christians, okay? And a lot of Christians think differently of who God is and how he works. There are those that think that God is this faraway God sitting somewhere up in the heavens, somewhere out in the universe. He may have you know, brought us to being. He may have created us, but he's just watching from afar, and really, for now, it's just up to us. And if this is the way you see God, you may find yourself longing, longing for something more. Now, opposite of that, okay, there's this view that God is the great controller, the great and powerful Oz behind the curtain, that he wants to make every decision for you, that really we are just puppets that God uses to do his work. You don't know what color crown to use? Oh, we'll pray for what color crown do I color this with? And if you have a God like that, you maybe don't find a lot of freedom. Matter of fact, there's a story. My, I had a pastor, and he told a story about his wife, and I, I love this story. He, his wife was at a football game. She had gone over to kind of sit with the ladies, right? And she gets up to go to the concession stand, and she asks the ladies around her, do you guys want anything from the concession stand? One of the ladies says, yeah, I'd, I'd love this candy bar. And she turns to this other lady And the lady says, oh, honey, just let the spirit lead you. She's like, oh, okay, seriously, what, do you want something? Honey, the spirit will tell you. The spirit's telling me that you're an idiot right now. She didn't really say that. This is just what was going on in her mind at that moment. So she brought some Sour Patch Kids back to her. Just said, hey, here's what the Spirit was. She didn't eat any of them. I'm just joking. That was actually on my own part. That's what I would have done. This is what the Spirit was telling me. So we have a God up in heaven who isn't really involved. And maybe we have this helicopter God who is just on us. And we have to go to him for every little thing. And then... Somewhere in the middle there, there's this idea of a loving God who has sent his spirit. The third part of the Trinity to live among us. He lives in us. He wants an experience with us. Much like the relationship between a father and a child, this God will never make you do anything. God guides and leads, trains, and gives you the opportunity to choose and live out all that he's put into your heart. And this God wants to give you a hope. This God wants to give you a future. This God has power that is available to those who would dare believe. Let's go back to that scripture for a sec. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I think it's a really key portion of the scripture, and let me tell you why. Why? Because if you remember Paul's story, okay, Paul was Saul. Saul was kind of his Jewish name. Paul is more of his Gentile name. And Saul was a hater of Christians. Okay, Saul literally was given authority by the Jewish leaders to arrest Christians. Some even believed to kill Christians. And then on the road to Damascus one day, he's trucking along, and he comes face to face with Jesus, blinding light, literally blinding him. For three days. Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? That was such a powerful moment in Saul's life, in Paul's life. That now he's praying over the Ephesians that I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That like himself, we would wake up from our day-to-day existence so that we would know God in all of his fullness. We may know hope. We may know the riches of this glory inheritance. We may know this great power. So let me ask you guys this morning. In your relationship with God right now, do you have this great hope? Do you sense this inheritance of being a child of the king? Do you have this incomparably great power in your life? Years ago, a young preacher came to Charles Spurgeon, and Spurgeon was a pastor and a theologian way back when at the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Anyway, he had this young preacher that was kind of under him, came back from his weekend preaching stint. And he could tell the preacher was a little bit down, so he says to him, how did it go this weekend? And he says, you know, it was good, but, you know, nobody was saved that weekend. And Spurgeon says to him, well, let me ask you this, do you expect somebody to be saved every time you preach? The young preacher says, won't well, no, I, I don't expect them to be saved every time I preach. And Spurgeon replies, that's why they don't. Because you don't expect it. That is so powerful. Mm. How many of us live like that in our relationship with God? With expectations so small that We've given God this much space in our life for him to reveal his hope, reveal that inheritance, and reveal that power that Paul's talking about. This is what he's saying to the Ephesians. Believers, even in the time of Jesus, were limiting God's presence in their life because of their expectation of what it could be. They were limiting their expectations of his power by their own beliefs, by their own experiences. They were limiting God to our human existence, what is possible here in the physical realm. But that is not who God is. You remember, we did not create God. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the spirit created us And his power, his possibilities, are beyond what we can even imagine. Somehow we have to change our thinking. From what we can see with our eyes to what is possible for a God that has no boundaries. Whose power is limitless. Whose power is beyond even our own imagination. Let me tell you guys something. That kind of belief, that takes faith. Faith, faith and expectation. These two words, they really have a working relationship with each other. Okay, let me show you what I mean. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, says faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. There's a translation that says certain of what we do not yet see. I love that translation. The definition of expectation out of the Oxford Dictionary is a strong strong belief that something will happen. So certain of what we do not see, a strong belief that something will happen. In some ways, the two words are exchangeable. And let me show you what I mean. There's two stories in the Gospels. I love when I see a story in the gospel that's in more than one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, you know, that you see in multiple ones because it's kind of like, okay, there are different eyes and different things that they saw. And these ones are the case for that. Okay, the first one is the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, it says. And she hears that Jesus is going to be in town, so she comes searching for him, and she fights her way through the crowd, and she reaches just to touch his cloak, And it says, in the word, it says, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Seriously, this woman has such an incredible faith, such an incredible expectation of Jesus' power. Jesus, remember, feels the power coming out of him, turns around and says, take heart, daughter, for your faith has healed you. Your expectation of my power has healed you. Let's go to the second story. Okay, this one's about the centurion. And the centurion has a servant who the Bible says that is of great value to him. Somebody very close to him. And he is dying. So he sends the elders to find Jesus. They hear that he's near. They find Jesus and say, hey, would you come? This centurion, uh, he's helped build the temple. You know, he's done great things for us. And he has a servant who's dying. dying. And so Jesus starts to make his way there. But before he even gets there, the centurion sends messengers with a letter. And the letter says this. It says, I am not worthy of your presence, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word wherever you are at. You don't even have to be here and my servant will be healed. Put expectations in into what Jesus says. He says to the crowd, not even in Israel have I found such faith. Not even in Israel have I found such expectation of who I am and the power that lives within me. That is expectation. They have no reason to have an expectation of that. They haven't had any experience, yet their expectation of who God is is so high. So let's go back to that passage of scripture. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. There's another translation of that in the Passion Passion Translation. And it says this. It says, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. The foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. So we have these hopes and dreams, things that deep down inside, we believe from the word about who God is and what he can do. But it takes our faith, our expectation, our strong belief that those things will come to fruition to open the door, to set the foundation for God to be able to work. Just like the woman And the centurion, they had a foundation of believing Jesus could do anything. The foundation. The legs by which your relationship with God is built on. You guys know what a foundation is, right? The foundation on your house, which holds your house from being blown over. Ladies, the foundation on your face that sets the tone for what everything else is going to do. The foundation. Come on. The foundation in your life, when the foundation is set right, it becomes the launch pad by which your relationship with God springs from. And it all depends on your expectation. So let me show you guys what I mean. I know you're thinking, what in the world is this ladder over here? Well, let me show you. (laughs) So, I'm going to kind of move into the light a little bit here. We need a foundation. And when we set our foundation, if we set it on our human experience, these are the things that we've learned through our relationships. These are the things that we can touch, we can see, we can hear. All of our experiences that we have here, if we set it on our human expectations, if you set your relationship with God on your human expectations, then that's all you're going to get. This is all the room that God has to move on these human expectations that are on the ground floor. But that's not who God is, remember. So we start to open up our Bible. And we see that God loved his people so much that he sent plagues upon the Egyptians to rescue his people. He parted the seas, literally, to protect his people. He went before them. He was with them by day and night. You remember the cloud was before them. It was beside them. It was behind them. All of a sudden, I have a different expectation of who God is. And I step up. Now, I open the word some more. And I see that Jesus, his son, or excuse me, God sent his son, Jesus, to walk among us. To be tempted like us. He sent him to die for us. This isn't the God who sits up in the heavens and doesn't have anything to do with us. He wants to have relationship with us. He wants to experience life with us. All of a sudden, my expectation changes again. And I rise up. I'm rising up so far, I'm out of the light. That is not a good application, okay? So don't listen to that. (laughs) I open the word some more. And what I see is this Jesus who has the power to give sight to the blind, to heal the lame, who tells the wind and the waves to be peaceful and they listen to him. Who feed five he feeds five thousand people with three fish and five loaves of bread. And all of a sudden my expectation changes. This. Alright, this is gonna be harder than I thought. This is what happens when you set your expectations by who God is. This is who I want in my life. This is the relationship that I want. This is a God who isn't afraid to move using all of his power, all of his authority in our life. Down there, the wide gate guys it's not going to cost you anything you can live your whole life by human experience but if that is all you expect of God then most likely that's all you're going to get of God or we can set our expectations of God by what his word says by who it says he is we can choose to believe And by doing that, our faith grows. When we believe the capacity for God to open the eyes of our heart and enlighten us to his hope, to his inheritance, and to his power, becomes accessibly different. Becomes something in our life that we have never known before. And it's all because of where we've set our expectations. And when your expectations are up there, look how much room God has to move. He's not cornered in our human expectations. No, now because of the expectations that you have of who he says he truly is, he can move in your life. That's not to say that God can't do something and create experiences in your life without you being there. But this definitely makes it easier for him. Let me bring this home. As I wrote this sermon this week, as I studied these passages, it was as if there was a voice calling out from the past, calling out from heaven, saying to me, you will never know God like I do, Scott. You will never know the hope the inheritance of being a child of God, or know the incomparable power that is available if you continue to live in your limited expectations of me. So here's reality, I want more. In my 20s, I just existed, I came to church, I said my prayers, I asked for forgiveness a lot. I led worship, but I didn't understand what God really wanted in my life. I didn't understand that he had a plan and a purpose for me. So I get to my 30s and I say, okay, God, let's go. And things start to change. All of a sudden, he brings this amazing woman into my life. We have two incredible kids, which I was told because of my liver disease that I've told you guys about before, that we weren't even sure if we were gonna be able to have kids. And in the 11th hour of my liver disease, he literally saves me from death. And all of a sudden, my expectation changes. But once again, it was because of the experience that my expectation changes. And I don't think it has to be that you have an experience for your expectation to change. When you look at the two stories of the woman and the centurion, they had no reason to believe that Jesus had this kind of power. But by their faith, he says, by your faith, he says, you are healed. Where is your expectation of God today? Is it down here Is it because of your own experience? Is that what you're setting your expectations on? Because that's not what God wants. God wants your expectations to be on the mountaintop where he is at because that is where his power is. I want more for you. Tim and Christy want more for you. I see them wrestle over it. Leslie wants more for our students. Hannah wants more for our children. Stephen wants to take us to places that we have not been worship-wise. We want more for you in your relationship with God. One more scripture. And this one's from Jesus. And it says in Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. We have a part to play. And it can only come from us taking a hard look at our expectations of God. At who he says he is right here. And choosing to believe it. The same God who revealed himself to Paul so long ago and used him to change the world is the same God who wants to reveal himself to you and possibly, maybe, just use you to heal our land. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today. And Lord, I'll be the first to say that I've set my expectations too low. I've set my expectations at times on my experience as a human. And Jesus, though I know in my heart that you can move whenever you want to move, I believe your word is saying today that we have an opportunity ourselves to set our expectations of who you are, of who you truly are, your power, your might, by what the Bible says. So Lord, right now, I pray that you would move in every heart in here. that you would touch our souls. That, Father, you would, as Paul prayed, open our eyes and enlighten us to who you really are. If you're here this morning and maybe you're hearing about Jesus for the first time, maybe you've come quite a few times and you want to have this Hope. You want to have this inheritance. You want to have the power of God in your life. The Bible says all you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart. So if that's you today, I just want to give you an opportunity right now to say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior bring that power into my life. Lord, we love you. We give you all the praise and all the glory for you are a good God. Walk with us, Lord. Help us to reach higher for your sake, for your kingdom, and for your glory. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at OKC communitychurch.com